content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. One Life Radio is brought to you by our sponsors. Great companies like Sun Warrior, the pioneers of plant-based protein. From the sun to the plant to you, go to sunwarrior.com to learn more about all the products and use the code OLR for 20% off your order. Enviromedica, makers of Terraflora, a novel broad-spectrum symbiotic combining spore-form probiotics and advanced food-based ancient prebiotics. Find Terraflora and the full line of products at enviromedica.com. Castor and Pollux, the new standard in pet food, the only complete line of USDA organically certified pet food. Crazy Water, infused by Mother Nature, not some random factory. Paleo Magazine, now all digital. Go to paleomagazine.com to subscribe. The Wellbeing Journal, Veg World Magazine, the International Society of Sports Nutrition, and Thorn Research. Visit our dispensary at oneliferadio.com for 20% off and free shipping. You can find more information on all of our sponsors, including links to listener discounts on the oneliferadio.com sponsor page. Thank you for listening to One Life Radio. One Life Radio, this is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis, broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia and KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. How are you doing today, Ronaldo? All is well on my end, Bernadette. How's everything going with you? Good, good. You know, I got up early. I've already had a guy here uh, uh, doing a little touch-up painting. Uh, in my house from where the dogs like to pee on certain corners of my baseboards and <laughs> yes. um, did a little damage, but um, I'm very visual. So I don't like it when I see like a disruption that yeah. especially, you know, if like the paint chipped or anything like that. So a great guy been painting, uh, doing, uh, you know, touch stuff like that for, uh, for me for years. And um, anyway, and that's a lost art, you know, it's like, and what a, what a, what an important job, really, when it comes right down to it, because our homes are such special places. They really are. And I take pride in my home. I love having a home that's tidy and, uh, you know, well-kept. I do. Are you like that, too, or, or do you not care? Is your wife the one that is the particular one? Oh, I definitely care. I do my best, but she's a little bit more OCD than I am. So yeah. what, what I clean well, up, she comes up and clean up behind me. <laughs> Well, you know, that's not uncommon. And, uh, but, you know, what women do uh, on this earth, a lot of different jobs, a lot of different things, but we all have value. Um, and so that's always a great message to get out. And, you know, this today is our entrepreneurial spotlight. We've got Frank Rideout on the line with us. Are you there, Frank? I am. How are you? I'm good. It's good to meet you, uh, only over the airways, but such a pleasure. I heard about your story, and I thought this is a great entrepreneurial story. Uh, being an entrepreneur myself, I have so many great stories, and you will too as you move through this venture. But let me tell everybody about you. So Frank Rideout uh, has an incredible sweet tooth. So when he became a vegan in 2015, he went on a hunt for the world's best chocolate chip cookie, 
And I will add this. So many men out there love their cookies, don't they? Um, but uh, <laughs> they do. Like men love their cookies. And, and, they, and it's kind of funny, actually. It's kind of cute. But um, he was surprised that the plant-based options that were available just didn't hit the spot. And so he decided to create his own cookie. And the rest is history. So his Dallas-based Frankly Good, that's the name of his company, the Frankly Good Cookie Company, now offers several varieties of vegan cookies and treats both in the North Texas area and they're shipping nationally. The company recently won a Shark Tank kind of like award from the University of Texas at Arlington and is competing in uh, August for the 2020 for the grand finale. The cookies have gained recognition from all over the country and the best thing is most of their customers aren't even vegan. I find that super interesting but you can visit them at franklygood.com to purchase online or find a dealer in the North Texas area. So I'm going to ask a pretty obvious question here. You said that something was missing in the plant-based option. Cookies, have you identified what was missing, and is it in your ingredient list? Absolutely. So, like you said, um, you know, I guess back in early 2019, sort of went on a hunt to try to find some plant-based chocolate chip cookies, and I really couldn't. Um, And I kept trying to figure out why. Uh, so many of these cookies were using animal products and eventually kind of lost my interest in the search and uh, went home and started experimenting on my own. And, uh, you know, it it was a bit of trial and error at first, but, um, you know, I kept at it and eventually came up with a really great uh, plant-based chocolate chip cookie that uh, includes no milk, eggs, or butter, but I promise you'd never know the difference. I can't wait to try them. I really can't. Um, well, you know, I yeah. use vegan butter. Um, I kind of still use a little bit of regular buddy, butter now and then, um, uh, grass-fed and finished. And But, it, you know, I always feel guilty when I do because I love animals so much. And, you know, that's kind yeah. of my motivation for going vegan because um, uh, it's just the cruelty behind it. But why did you go vegan? What, what, was, your, uh, what was your reason for going vegan? Sure. So um, I'll just come out, you know, say that it, it was more for personal reasons um, at the time. Like you said, it was back in 2015, and it was during the summer, and I was trying to really get in shape, get that six pack and everything. And I had uh, heard okay. that eating a lot of green vegetables, so eating a lot of fiber, would help you kind of slim down a little bit. So mm-hmm. started doing that, and just kind of from that, I started doing my own research online, and like a good millennial, you know, was watching some YouTube videos and so forth. And I don't know, just sort of overnight, I decided to make the switch. And um, I think somewhat like you, I've sort of stuck with it more for, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the slimming down isn't so much important to me anymore. Um, You know, the personal health benefits are great, but I think what's really made me stick with it is more the, the animal cruelty and the ethical issues at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for most people that, that, that's what really gets to them. And you just, you know, you get to a point where you just like, you just can't, you just can't put a piece of meat in your mouth. You know, it just, when you, when you know what's behind the scenes, you're like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to be a part of that. Um, But you know, the process of entrepreneurship can be really, really difficult. Um, And especially (laughs) right now when we're dealing with this uh, financial crisis, there's so many questions um, that I want to ask you. Um, but, But, but why did you, so you decided to start this cookie business instead of just making them at home. You thought, you know what, I can sell the hell out of these, right? Was that kind of what you were thinking? You know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I actually started making these just for myself because um, I wanted a chocolate chip cookie, you know, after dinner. Yeah. 
And um, I was working on the East Coast at the time, and I started bringing them into some coworkers just because I had some left over. And they were like, oh, my God, these are amazing. And once I told them they were vegan, they were, you know, even more uh, astounded mm-hmm. by the taste of these cookies. And so um, kind of went home, started brainstorming about how, you know, how I think as a vegan, it's sometimes difficult because you, you know sort of the negative aspects of animal cruelty and so forth. Mm-hmm. But you don't always know how to fix that other than just, doing things yourself. So with the company, I thought, you know, what, what can I do to really make an impact? And just kind of from there, I started thinking, you know, maybe I can sell these cookies and people seem to love them. And, you know, let's see if I can make a change. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing better than a good cookie. especially a chocolate chip. You know, I, I might make some tonight myself and uh, use my Miyoko's butter instead of regular yeah. butter. There's a lot of substitutes that you can use. And But let me ask you this. How did you decide on the word, um, frankly, good? I think it's brilliant. It's very clever um, because your name being uh, Frank. Uh, and, sure. and and I think that's really cute. So is that is, were, there, were there any other names that uh, were in the running? You know, we actually had a bunch, and it, it definitely was not something that uh, popped into my head immediately. It was it was definitely a process. But, uh, yeah, we went through a bunch of different names, um, and quite honestly, I can't even remember what they are at this point. But uh, we did eventually decide on Frankly Good. I think I just woke up one day and thought, you know, these are Frankly Good, and, and I spoke about it with my um, some family members, and it just it seemed like a hit. And uh, surprisingly, there really wasn't anything out there else out there called Frankly Good. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, it, at the time, uh, we thought it was a great name. But whenever we started going to the markets, people heard the name Frankly Good and their eyes lit up and they tasted the cookies. And it just seemed to all kind of come together at that time. So. I love it. Well, I'm sure you're yeah. fa- you're you're familiar with the famous Amos cookie story, and of course oh, Wallace, yeah. uh, Wally Amos, you know, famous Amos and his cookies. Uh, you know, kind of a sad story. We won't get into that. But some of the pitfalls of sure. entrepreneurship and how you have to really be careful uh, when you yeah. <laughs> when you're you know trading cash for equity. But uh, um, but you know, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to know more about all of this and how, the walk us through the process of creating this line of cookies. It's great to have you on the air with us, everyone out there listening. We're speaking with Frank Rideout. He just started a cookie company, and he is in the running for an award uh, next month, uh, the grand finale at the University of Texas at Arlington. We'll be right back with uh, more coming up with Frank. You're listening to One Life Radio. Good time. <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Radio. 
This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis and our special guest today for our entrepreneurship spotlight is Frank Rideout. He has an incredible sweet tooth, so he's told us. And when he came, became a vegan in 2015, he went on a hunt for the world's best chocolate chip cookie, and he was surprised that the plant-based options that were available just didn't hit the spot. So he decided to create his own cookie company, and the rest is history. Okay, so we talked about the name. The ingredients. Are the ingredients, what are the ingredients like? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's actually nothing uh, special, uh, believe it or not. Uh, really just, um, you know, you, you have a, so, so in a traditional chocolate chip cookie, you have things like butter, uh, which comes from, uh, you know, cow, uh, animal products, and you might also mm-hmm. have eggs and milk. So really, we just cut those out. Um, we find uh, either substitutes or we cut them out altogether. And like I said, it was really a process from the very beginning. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, just something that I came up with overnight. It, you know, I had a lot of trial and error playing with the ingredients to, to make course. it work. But, uh, yeah, it, it ended up working out well. So. Well, walk us through, if you would, the process of creating a line of cookies. Uh, you, know, what, what dif- uh, you know, in other words, what differs from baking for yourself versus baking for everyone? Sure. So, uh, you know, if you're going to eat a couple cookies in the evening, you know, get your family there, you just finished uh, eating dinner, you might just pop a couple cookies in the oven and bake them up and, you know, just it's very casual and relaxed. And whenever we started back in early 2019 doing the farmer's markets, we were creating on average uh, about three or 400 cookies uh, per market. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit more of a, you know, a, a I wouldn't say industrial, but, you know, we, we, were, we were pumping them out. And uh, you start thinking about, you know, how many cookies can I get on this tray? How many bags can I make in this single bake and so forth? And it's even uh, grown up even more uh, this year. Now that we have started getting into stores and doing food delivery services, we've actually moved mm-hmm. into a commercial kitchen. So we have, oh, you know, nice. the big metal tables out. Yeah, it's great. And we have the big metal tables out and, you know, the industrial kitchen and the huge ovens and everything. And so it's very much, you know, sort of a process, um, mm-hmm. whereas cooking for yourself, you know, a couple cookies after dinner is a little bit more relaxed. What kind of ovens are you using? Are you using like, um, you know, uh, you know, like actual stoves, like a like a Blodgett 1000 or something like that? Or are you using the ovens, you know, with the with the belt? How do you how do you cook them? What kind of oven? Sure. So there are actually a couple of different types of ovens we've used. When we were doing the farmer's markets, we were just using the home oven uh, at home. Um, however, now that we've moved into larger facilities, there, there are some stove ovens that can take up to like four full baking sheets, and uh, we can do over 100 cookies in a single bake. Um, and then when you really move up uh, to a larger kitchen, you can actually get a walk-in oven that uh, takes up to two or at least two uh, sort of oven racks where you can have oh, – Wow. Uh, yeah, gosh, I don't know, like. Uh, yeah, I don't, I've never, I've never heard of a walk-in oven. oven, walk-in a reach-in, yes. yeah, walk-in cooler, but never a walk-in oven. That's super cool. Sure, sure, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, they can, you know, cook thousands of cookies at a time, and they uh, they're specially designed where they lift up the rack, and it's sort of a rotisserie where it it turns the card as they're baking, and it's got a fan. Oh. It's, it's very advanced stuff. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, things that I didn't even know existed until I started in the business. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very familiar with the big stainless steel uh, tables uh, rolling <laughs> by hand, rolling sure. out lots of pizzas <laughs> over the years. Oh yeah, I used to do it in my sleep on a, after a Friday night sometimes when you do so many of them. But you know, uh, yeah. in the restaurant business is so much fun though; it's so exciting. You know, I was thinking uh, I, I I see the future of the restaurant business, or at least a portion of it, going to the street, like literally taking it to the street. Do you ever think about doing like a cookie truck where you you know cook the cook bake the cookies, you know, as you uh, drive along and pull up anywhere and sell them, kind of like the old ice cream man, except the uh, cookie truck. Absolutely. And we have thought about getting a truck and possibly doing that, you know, like the old food trucks. Um, I remember during my time living in Austin, uh, down on SoCo, there were just lines and lines of food trucks there, you know, coat and tie and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was mm-hmm. it was a, a very eclectic and, and exciting environment. We certainly thought about that, but, um, you know, just kind of with the, uh, especially this year with the corona, unfortunate coronavirus situation, um, it yeah. sort of forced us to uh, you know, kind of build out our website and, and sell mm-hmm. through other, um, you know, avenues right now. But you never know in the future that that might possibly be something in the future. And, you know, it's great um, not only to sell cookies like that, but it's also good to, you know, when you sell into a store, you don't always... Um, get to meet your customer. And that is honestly something that I miss going to the farmer's markets. Yeah. And, well, and you don't uh, you know, get to have the quality control. You don't get the quality control that you might like. They might not properly rotate things. You know, that's a, that's a big problem uh, in any retail business like that, you know, because proper rotation assures freshness, right, Frank? <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> I'm having fun talking with you about this. By the way, I love entrepreneurship. <laughs> you know, my dad was an entrepreneur, and it's just like in our in our our whole family, every one of us. That's just what we do. Um, and my yeah. dad said, if you're going to work hard, you might as well work for yourself. And I, we all took it straight to the heart. So, um, but do you have any words of advice for someone wanting to enter into the vegan packaged food business? The vegan packaged food business. Um, you know, I'd say it's pretty hot right now. Um, it's not a it's not a bad decision. Now, if you if you were going into the business and you just wanted to create, you know, as they say, the riches are in the niches, right? So, if you are creating a product and you're going to be moving into a very you know old and established, heavily saturated market, it may not be the best decision. But you know, one of the great things about uh, Frankly Good, and I think I just fell into this uh, just somewhat by luck, is that uh, there aren't a lot of uh, vegan cookie manufacturers out there. Um, mm. So, you know, yeah. find your niche. And um, I think that's really the key. And it kind of depends on what you want to do. I have some friends who have companies that they don't necessarily want to grow. They sort of like, they like their day job and they kind of like doing mm-hmm. their own company on the side. And so it, it kind of depends on what you want to do. If you want to become the next yeah. billion dollar company. Hard work yeah. and commitment and finding that niche is, is really key. So, Well, yeah, and you know what? You'll, you'll, um, I have no question uh, or doubt in my mind that you'll do well. And, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're passionate about it. I think anytime you do things uh, simply or purely just to make a profit, you're not going to – and you may, you may end up doing well, but you're never going to feel as good about it as, as – as, as if you were doing it for the right reasons. And so what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome starting Frankly Good? Were there any? I'm sure there were. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I had never actually run a business before. Um, You know, I'd always, my family is actually also quite entrepreneurial. And so I kind of saw them growing up and understood that hard work and commitment was, you know, were, were some of the most important things. But I had never actually done it myself before. 
And uh, I actually started the business, like I said, in early 2019. I was still a, a full-time student. I had a year and a half left at university. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I would say one of the biggest obstacles was just the lack of time. You know, there's only so many uh, hours in a day, and I need a few of those to sleep. So, um, But, you know, I think also uh, just sort of perfecting the recipes and convincing people that, uh, you know, just because you're vegan, just because these cookies are vegan doesn't mean that they're not going to taste great and doesn't mean that you have to go without. And so, uh, you know, other small minor things, but I think those were the the, uh, the big ones and just learning accounting and all the little minutia that goes into running your own business. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Did you ever do any taste testing? Uh, myself, uh, yes. I'm actually the official taste tester for the company, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> so your palate determines the, the final answer, right, or uh, ingredient. But, you know, it's it's so fun. And I, I think, like I said, everybody loves a good cookie. So, you know, uh, but let me ask you this. Are, frankly, good cookies healthier than non-vegan options? I would say they are. I mean, you, you don't have the animal products in there. So uh, not a lot of processed foods and so forth. Um, most of our ingredients are organic, and we're trying to move to going uh, 100% completely organic. And we use uh, you know natural um, uh, ingredients such as uh, coconut oil, and um, we also try to use as many Texas-based ingredients as we can. For example, and our oatmeal brittle and our nutty chocolate chip cookies, our pecans come from the Texas Rio Grande Valley, which is pretty cool, and they're completely organic. I love that. I love it. Oh, yeah. gosh, that sounds good. What was the name of that peanut? What's it called? The brittle? That sounds delicious. Oatmeal brittle? Yes, uh, the oatmeal brittle. It's one of our best sellers. Our customers love it. Oh, yeah, I can't. I'm going to order some after the show. Well, that's, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you because I noticed that you're Go Texan. Will you, and so will you explain uh, a little bit more in depth what that means? Sure. So it's something that was started by the Texas Department of Agriculture, and it essentially uh, just encourages uh, – Texas-based businesses, whether you're uh, selling only in Texas or you know nationwide, it it just encourages uh, business growth, entrepreneurship in Texas, and they also sort of secondarily encourage you to use as many Texas-based ingredients as you can. And we we are moving more that direction, um, but like I said, our, our pecans come from uh, from Texas, and we uh, sell in Texas, and uh, we employ people from Texas, so you know we're we're all about Texas, so uh, that's kind of what it. that's about. Yeah. Well, and, and I alluded to it earlier, but you recently won a Shark Tank-type uh, contest at the University of Texas in Arlington called the Mav Pitch Competition. Um, that yeah. must have been so exciting, and you're going back in August. Do you think you're going to win, and who are some of your competitors? Do you know? Um, well, believe it or not, uh, well, first of all, yes, I am super excited, and it's been an amazing experience. Uh, I really have absolutely uh, nothing bad to say about it. Uh, it's been great. And uh, personally, I, I think we have a very good chance in August. Uh, I've been preparing my presentation and refining things and uh, just focusing on the business. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, or I guess not surprisingly, uh, because it's more centered around engineering, I suppose, but I'm only, I, I think I'm the only uh, food service company that has entered the competition, um, which is which is interesting. So a lot of my yeah, other competitors, um, yeah, they're, they're doing great things, um, a lot of uh, medical devices and so forth. But, um, yeah, I'm the only food service uh, company. And like I said, it's, uh, I think our final presentation is going to be August 
uh, sometime in August. I'm not exactly sure of the of the day, but well, I think I have a very good chance, and I, I am super excited about it. And you should be. You know, little accomplishments like that can just, uh, they do a world of good for your confidence. And, you know, uh, we wish you the best of luck. And it's been so great to have you on the air. Um, And uh, let us know how it turns out. Maybe you can come back. We'll talk about uh, winning the award and what that was like for you. Always uh, just wonderful to to help a fellow entrepreneur. It feels good. (laughs) Thank you so much. I would love to come back. All right. And maybe we'll meet sometime. We'll, we'll have a cup of coffee and talk, uh, talk about entrepreneurship. And uh, so great to have you on the air with us. Frank, right out, you guys. Uh, uh, wish him the best of luck and visit him at franklygood.com. Maybe order some of those oatmeal caramel cookies. I know I'm going to. So you take care. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for having me on. Take care. Our pleasure. You're welcome. Everyone, stay tuned. We have a huge guest coming up after uh, Frank, and it is Suzanne Ryan. She is the author of the international best-selling book, Simply Keto and Beyond Simply Keto. You're going to love this girl. She has an amazing story. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. Just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight. Number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder, 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 Everyone, you're listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis, and our special guest today is back, Suzanne Ryan. She is the author of the international best-selling book, Simply Keto and Beyond Simply Keto. She also has a popular blog, Keto Karma, where she posts recipes, uh, grocery hauls, and other keto-related tools and advice uh, on her YouTube channel, Keto Karma. She talks about her weight loss journey, offers encouragement, and shares tips and recipes. She recently launched a new line of keto snacks called Defy Foods, that's D-E-F-Y, Foods, starting with a low-carb and gluten-free cracker. You can visit them at defyfoods.com forward slash Kickstarter. Also, ketokarma.com and on Instagram at ketokarma. Suzanne, it's so great to have you back on the show. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm really, really good. How are you? Are you making it through this COVID thing? You know, taking it one day at a time. It's definitely like lots of highs and lows and trying to stay positive and optimistic, but how are you guys doing? Good, good. You know, we had to start doing the show from home, and uh, at first it was very difficult, but, you know, we're, we're moving through it, and as you said, one day at a time, right? What, what part of the country are you in, Suzanne? I can't remember. Do you, do you live in Southern California? So um, I was in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I recently relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, wow. Wow, that's from coast to yeah. coast. Uh, how do you like yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, we've only been here for two and a half weeks now, and we've been um, house shopping and doing all the things, trying to get settled. But 
um, all of my family is on the East Coast. So we just kind of really realized a lot through, you know, COVID and everything that it was really important for us to be around our family. And so we just kind of decided to make the move. Yeah, well, I'm an East Coast girl, um, uh, born and raised in upstate New York. So, yeah, and, and family is important. Family is uh, one of the most important things in life and love, of course. Uh, and they it, go hand in hand. It really hand, is. But, uh, you know, and I just love your story. Um, and I, I wrote uh, the post for the Instagram today um, with your beautiful picture. Uh, and, you know, I just cannot uh, say enough how much I respect you as just a human being for being so genuine and putting your story out there and helping so many people that are out there struggling with weight loss or whatever it is that they just can't, you know, seem to climb that mountain and get up to the top of it. But uh, so this is a good place for you to share your story because it's an incredible one. So share your story with our listeners, if, if you would, Suzanne, um, and, and also about the ketogenic diet, how you got to that place. For sure. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for saying that. That is so heartwarming. And that's really what I do, what I do, because I care so much about other people. And I know what it's like to walk this road. And I know what it's like to go through this struggle. So I started struggling with my weight from about middle school age on. Um, At my highest, I was over 300 pounds. And I just stopped getting on the scale because it was just so difficult to really face the fact that I was morbidly obese. And no matter what I tried, I just either couldn't stick to something or it wasn't working. Um, I tried countless ways to try to effectively lose weight and sustain that um, through everything you can imagine under the sun. Um, and I finally just kind of got to the point where I gave up and um, I was like, maybe this is just how I'm going to be. I've tried. I don't know why, but I can't stick to things. Uh, and then one day I was online on a website called Reddit, and it's just kind of like where people share different things on the Internet. And there's a subreddit on there about the ketogenic diet, and someone had shared their before and after picture. And I I could just see myself in their shoes. Like, they weren't trying to sell anything. They weren't trying to have me sign up for something. They were just like, hey, like, I, you know, I lost all this weight. I feel great. Um, I didn't have to sign up for anything, like I said, like, I'm just eating healthy foods. I kicked sugar to the curb. I stopped drinking soda. Um, I'm sticking to like more whole foods. And so like, it was just kind of, there was something in me that I was like, this is like, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to try one more time. Um, and I started keto. Um, I talk about this in my first book, how I started and stopped the same day. And, um, you know, so much of having a healthy lifestyle and mindset is your mental health and really investing Absolutely. in the process. So Once I kind of realized that, like, not only do I need a plan, but I need to, like, believe in myself, invest in myself, and see myself as worthy, because after being overweight most of my life, my self-esteem and, like, belief in myself was, it couldn't have gotten any lower. So I Mm -hmm. really had to kind of change the narrative to, like, I can't do this, to, like, I'm going to try, and I'm going to get up every day, and I may fall down, but I'm going to keep getting back up. Um, So I restarted keto, and then a year later, I lost 100 pounds. Yeah, it's an amazing story. And and you're so candid in your book. Uh, The first one, Simply Keto, um, both of them are great books. But the first one, I mean, I seriously, the story of you in the locker room, I had me cry. It really did. It was you, you just wrote it so, so effectively to get your to get your pain across to the writer and what you had dealt with for so many years and for you to overcome it and the, and, 
and you're just so genuine. That's why, that's why you have so many followers. That's why so many people love you because your story is real. Thank you're you. real. You're genuine. And we all struggle. And especially right now, a lot of people are struggling during this COVID-19 you know, epidemic and quarantine. So, and a lot of people are uh, gaining weight uh, through this process. And do you have any suggestions or tips for people out there listening that maybe have gained a little weight um, during this, this COVID epidemic, as I said, and what may be yeah. the biggest um, issue at the root of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's two main things to really think about. One is if you've gained weight during this time, it's good to know that you're not alone. And it's good to know that you don't need to shame yourself for that. Like, this is a really unprecedented time. There's a lot of emotions going along. You know, I mean, people are afraid. Um, things that we have developed of healthier patterns, like, hey, instead of emotionally eating, which a lot of us do. I mean, un- the underneath of all this is a lot of people eat when they're stressed, when they're sad, when it's so linked oh, yeah. to our emotions. So if you're, you know, so if you're an emotional eater in the middle of a pandemic where you t- everything that you have built up to have your healthy new habits and your new routines that maybe you turn to instead of food, when those get wiped out, it's not going to be surprising that we see some people kind of revert back into their own ways because you may not be able to like go walk around the mall right now or like go to lunch with one of your friends, but you can order in food. So it's not surprising to see that some people are turning to food right now. So I think one is remove the guilt, the shame, the, you know, self-deprecating feelings with that. If you did that, it's okay. But it's really important to say, Hey, now more than ever, we know how important our health is. So we really mm-hmm. got to pick ourselves back up, put the, the guilt on the, on the curb, and just keep going, get back to our healthy habits, and form new routines and healthy habits that work within the constraints that we have right now. So maybe you can't go out to lunch with your friend, but get on you know, a video call and connect. Connect with people. Connect with people online. Um, go out for a walk. Do things in social distancing capacities that can be new healthy habits for you during this time. Yeah, and I, I think, and that's such great advice. I think that uh, also boredom plays into this. I know sometimes when I eat, it's sure. just simply out of boredom. You know, I'm in the kitchen hanging out. I did it not last night, but the night before, and I was eating a chip here. I shouldn't even have chips in the house, but, um, you know, I have teenager. I have a teenager that lives at home, and so, you know, I don't want to be that mom that never lets her have potato chips because I know when I was a kid, I loved chips, but they're really not the healthiest thing for you. But boredom, and then, of course, when you eat a nice uh, vinegar and salt potato chip, mm, it just tastes so good, you know, and it releases Mm -hmm. endorphins, and endorphins make you happy, right? So uh, it could be a slippery slope, and I think that just being able to to maybe have one or two chips or maybe put a few in a bowl and then that's it – you know, uh, is a, is a better option to see. You don't like, you know, take it too far, but we're all guilty of it. As you said, why don't we go to break here? Because we've got a lot more to talk about with you. I want to talk about some of your newest recipes and, uh, and your blog and your company that you're starting up all of that. So let's go to break everyone more coming up with Suzanne Ryan, uh, right after the break, you're listening to one life radio.
One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette with Ronaldo Davis uh, on the controls, and Suzanne Ryan is continuing on with us. She is the author of the international best-selling book, Simply Keto and Beyond Simply Keto. Uh, she also recently launched a new line of keto snacks called Defy Foods, starting a low-carb and gluten-free cracker, right, Suzanne? Yeah, yeah. We just um, launched, so we, um, we're we actually on Kickstarter right now, but um, certified gluten-free, low-carb. Um, it actually has two grams of net carbs per serving. Interesting. I can't wait to try them. I can't, and I, I wish you uh, only the best in that startup. Uh, they can be difficult, but you know what? They're also um, so powerfully positive as well, so good for you. I, I love it. I love all stories of entrepreneurship, and I just think <laughs> you should live your life to the fullest no matter what, right? Because uh, at any you, time, too, sure. you know, I was – yeah, I was reading a quote, actually, um, that I've been, I think this is an appropriate time to read it because so many people out there think, oh, I'm too old to start a company. I'm too old to do this or do that. But uh, it is a, a quote by Maya Angelou, and she said, find all the wisdom you can. Don't narrow your life down. I'm 85, and I'm just getting started. Life is going to be short no matter how long it is, so go to work. And I, I just love yeah, it. I, I love, love you- her. <laughs> Me too. I love that you've gone to work on a cracker, you know, but, um, but you know, yeah. so many people out there listening, they understand diets can be tough and people don't always stick to them for very long, uh, at least not long enough for it to become a lifestyle. So what was it about the keto diet and lifestyle that stuck with you? You know, I think the biggest components for me was really just the ease, uh, like the ease of being able to stick to it. So I had tried many things where like I couldn't go out to eat with my friends or I was measuring everything or I was drinking shakes. Like I, I was missing that like livable lifestyle factor. And with keto, it's just I can go out anywhere. I can modify things to order them. I can find something wherever I go. I think the food is delicious and satisfying. Um, there's so many alternative ingredients like almond flour that you can still do baking and things with. So I feel just, it's just so satisfying. Um, and, you know, paired with that, though, I did a lot of work on my mindset and my mental health and, like, really making this a lifestyle, not just about losing weight but being healthy, like, inside and out. Well, and I read in your book, too, I didn't know this, you had your gallbladder removed before you started on uh, yep. the ketogenic diet, um, and the doctor told you don't uh, to really watch your fat intake, but you've had no yeah. issues. Uh, had you been on the ketogenic yes, I, diet before you got that operation, you would have never have had to have your gallbladder removed. You know that, right? I know. Yeah, I yeah. totally know that now. I mean, it's it's the hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean... I, um, you know, I just had been struggling with my weight for so long, and I think my, you know, my gallbladder was full of stones and sludge, and I uh, actually had to go to the hospital on an emergency basis and have it removed because they were worried about the possibility of it, like, rupturing or, you know, any kind of an issue. So, but it's it's like if I would have known then what I know now, I would have done things completely differently. I would have changed what I was eating. I would have put off having, like, the surgery done, but... um yeah, and the advice that they gave me after the surgery was like it was just incredible. They're like, you know, just uh, it's it's the opposite of everything I've learned since then of what I should have done. But um, I'm glad mm-hmm. that I at least know now. Yeah, but now you can talk openly about it, and that's 
that's great. That wisdom, you can share that knowledge with all your, all your followers and the people that, you know, yeah. that are considering getting on a ketogenic diet. I probably could never be on a ketogenic diet long-term because I just, I love to eat so, such a variety of foods and I cook so much. <laughs> yeah. But you make it... You make it so that that's possible. I, you know, looking through your, your recipes early this morning over a cup of coffee, you could take so many of these and make them vegan. You can make them uh, ketotarian, if you will. Dr. Will Cole, I know mm-hmm. that you know him. Um, you can, For you sure. don't have to live a strict ketogenic diet where um, you can't, like I said, be a vegan on it. And so there are a lot of options yeah. out there. Absolutely. So totally. um, who do you feel the, who do you feel are the best candidates for a keto diet? I mean, I think primarily anybody who uh, has, like wants to lose weight, somebody who wants to cut down the amount of inflammation in their body. Um, I mean, there's tons of like people who are doing this that have cancer or they have um, different like autoimmune diseases or people who suffer with epilepsy. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many vast major like there's so many different sections of people who do this besides weight loss at first everyone was like well weight loss weight loss like you can lose so much weight with this and it's so great and now i mean it's just amazing to see some of these nonprofit organizations come and helping kids um, with cancer and getting you know cutting back the amount of sugar that they're having and people with epilepsy who had seizures most of their life and they stop like there's just so many practical applications for this so um, you oh, know, yeah. I, I always say like, there's no one size fits all. Um, but I definitely think as long as most people are really mindful about cutting back on the amount of sugar that we're eating, I think that that would really be beneficial to everyone. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yes. We're, we, we are addicted to sugar as a country. We really are. And I don't think the artificial sweeteners are really good for you either based on, um, you know, research that I've read, but I mean, we all love a little sweet treat. We do. You know, I had a couple of cookies last yeah. night, um, these little sunflower cookies. I actually had five cookies, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like there's, like, this happy medium between, like, we know, when we know, like, uh, you know, there are healthier ingredients for things, and it's like, how do we make this sustainable and livable and enjoyable? Because I think when we go to, like, to extremes, then you kind of get into, like, problems with people not being able to stick to it. So I feel like there's this really happy balance of like not overdoing it, but like having healthy alternatives. And I think everybody right. gets to find that sweet spot for themselves. No, I agree. And, you know, we've been ta- we were actually the first ones in media talking about the ketogenic diet a long time ago with Dr. Joey Antonio, uh, who was on the show yeah. yesterday, uh, uh, along with uh, a lot of people with the ISSN, Sean Wells, Alan North, uh, Dom D'Agostino. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go on and on. Yeah. I know you know all those guys. And they are studying all of them, yeah. Of- yeah, of diet, the uh, the uh, ketogenic diet for epilepsy, as you said, cancer, all these mm-hmm. metabolic diseases. And Dom Diagostino has actually said on the air before that I believe, and I should have probably looked this up because I don't want to misquote him, but something like this. After you're on the ketogenic diet for six months and you shut down that inflammation in your brain, your brain is healed and the epilepsy uh, basically you know, goes away. I, I have to pull up the, the, the quote from him, but you, re, you hear stuff like that and you're like, and why aren't doctors prescribing the ketogenic diet for uh, epilepsy? And it's been around for a hundred years and yet somehow we've lost sight of that. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of great companies have been started. Yours, 
uh, for one. Um, I'm going to give a shout out for Keto Med. It's a when my when my do- when my uh, my dear friend Anesta Carlo was dying of uh, ovarian cancer. We didn't know what to feed her. We wanted her on the ketogenic diet, but back, you know, five, six years ago, they didn't have the products that they do right now uh, for the meal replacement for keto and, you know, make it a lot easier because it can be very difficult, someone who's fighting cancer, to, uh, you know, to get food down. You know, I don't know yeah, if you've ever worked totally. with anyone. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's so many good things about the ketogenic diet. Um, and so, you know what, before we, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, let's see. I've got about four minutes. So let's talk about your new line of keto products that defy foods. Why did you decide to start a company and when will we see them in stores or can we purchase them now? Yeah. Um, so actually this started, my best friend and I are doing this company together. So it's just a woman owned uh, company. And honestly, at the beginning, this was like a big dream of ours that just kind of materialized after lots of family dinners. We both have seven-year-old girls and our best friends. And so we would do dinners at each other's houses and we started, you know, making different recipes. And then, um, you know, one day we were making like crackers and we're like, oh, these are so good, but they're such a pain to make. Like, it would be so nice if we could just like buy these because as much as life is like so busy and crazy and you want to try to like cook everything at home, it's just sometimes it's mm-hmm. nice. Like if I go out with my daughter, it's like to be able to have a snack in the car for her without having to make every single thing. Oh, um, yeah. But the challenge, yeah, but one of the challenges that we saw was that everything or a lot of the things that you find in the store have ingredients that you don't like in them. So we really wanted to bridge the gap of convenience and quality. So we're like, all right, are we going to do this? And we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then we've been working on this cracker, um, formulating it for two years um, and wow. it's ketogenic certified, it's certified gluten-free and kosher. Um, we've paid careful attention. We talked to food scientists and, uh, I don't know if you know, Dr. Ryan Lowry, um, at ketogenic.com, Absolutely. but, um, uh, he used to be on the show every Wednesday every, yeah. <laughs> for years. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. So we've consult, we consulted with him with every single ingredient that went into our crackers to make sure that they were just as delicious as they were quality, um, So right now we have a Kickstarter going to raise funds to get them out to the world because starting a food company is just, there's so many elements that go into it. Um, So right now you can pre-order them. It's uh, defyfoods.com backslash Kickstarter, and you can order them now, um, and they're available online. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, um, it's always great to hear a story like that. And, and, you know, you're... uh, it, your story is such a beautiful one. It really is. I, I can't uh, tell everyone out there listening enough how good her story is and how the book, uh, Simply Keto, uh, it, for anyone out there, it's a great gift, too. If someone's out there struggling to lose weight that maybe is morbidly obese and never been able to, you know, like I said, um, you know, just transform themselves. This is a great place to start. Your book, Simply Keto, is a very good place to start. Thank you. Yeah. Any other words uh, of, of encouragement you want to get out there before we end the show? Got about a minute? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I just want to send my love to everybody. I mean, I know that it is such a crazy time right now, but I think if we all really stick together, keep in touch, be vulnerable, share the ups and downs and everything you're going through because we're all going through it at the same time. Um, and there's so much power in just being able to speak your heart and to be heard and to know that you're not alone through this time. So everybody mm-hmm. just hang in there and, um, you know, we're all going to get through this together. Yeah, we are. And I'm going to order some of those crackers. <laughs> I am for sure. I'm guessing they might have almond uh, meal or almond flour in them. Is that one of the ingredients yeah, they have or no? Yeah, almond flour. 
Yeah. Yeah. All, been all right. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. Always great to touch base with you. And uh, you take care. You Keep too. yourself thank and, you. your, uh, and your you're welcome. Keep yourself and your family safe, uh, everyone. Everyone out there listening, have a great day. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Get out there today and be positive. Hello.